Japan by River Cruise is made possible thanks to the generosity of our sponsors. Sushi, tempura, teriyaki. Food has long been a major draw when it comes to Japan bound tourism. But when you're here, don't miss out on one of the country's proudest culinary delights Japanese McDonald's. Where else in the world can you enjoy a cola that isn't sized to give you diabetes? French fries cooked in oil that was actually changed out on time, and chicken nuggets that haven't been in contact with anyone's genitalia. So make the most of your visit to Japan by stopping in at Japanese McDonald's, the only McDonald's on the planet where a Big Mac looks like the picture of a Big Mac. Welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. Right. On today's show, we are absolutely tired of talking about coronavirus, so we're going to take a look at a few more lighthearted stories, like this one in which a man gets arrested for causing serious bodily harm to another man by blasting him in the ass with compressed air. And that's, that's basically the whole story. Honestly, we'll probably talk more about coronavirus. Also, Ali's got your River Cruise recommendation. Yeah, Ali? Yes, this week's recommendation is a special cruise that lasts exactly one hour. This cruise has been developed by JapanRecipes.com, especially for fans of online recipes. The first 50 minutes of the cruise are on land. It explains the history of the cruise, what the cruise meant to the captain's grandmother, the emotions that the crew feel when they go on the cruise. And the next five minutes are a slideshow showing artistic images of the boat from impossible angles. And the final five minutes are actually spent going on a cruise. Plus, many river cruises draw customers by offering inclusive fishing packages. But a handful of operators are trying their hand at a new catfishing package. That's right. For one fixed price, they'll trick someone into going on a date with you in a setting where they're basically trapped with you even after they've seen your terrible face. But first, soap talk. Bobby Judah, how's your week been? Uh, good, good. I'm doing a bunch of different stuff. I don't know if you noticed, I've started kind of intermittently posting on YouTube again. I noticed. Uh, and I'm in a group of about 3,000 people that noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, uh, I've i noticed that um, my view counts are much, much, much smaller than they used to be. And also every time I post, I lose like 600 subscribers. Actually, that's, I, that's exactly what happens to my Instagram. I do not post anything on my Instagram for a week. I get like 10 yeah. followers. I post an image, 20 of them go. It's better <laughs> that I don't post. Yes, you lose the 10 you got who've just figured out why you're posting and you lose another 10 who are reminded yeah. of you. <laughs> and, uh, but what I, would, what I would say is that you, the, the vitriol under your videos is slightly more considered now. Like the people that have hung around are the ones that really have an axe to grind. Uh, well, I mean, I think there are, are people who like just hate me so much that they follow and every time they see that I, I posted something new, they just automatically thumbs down or automatically leave a negative comment. But um, That's how we became know, friends, the, I think. The, uh, the last video I put up was, um, was in response to a comment I got a couple weeks back that was all about how – it was all about how foreigners can't speak native-level Japanese and because they don't – try to fix their pronunciation errors and then insist that they are 
able to speak Japanese anyway, it creates this distance that makes it impossible for them to understand Japanese culture, for Japanese people to get along with them, and for communication to be really effective, which is、yeah. just like racist bullshit. It's just like, yeah, it, it is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there is there is one way of excusing this viewpoint. Like, I think this viewpoint is inexcusable that foreign people have an accent, therefore. Uh, they don't know how to do Japanese flower arranging the proper way, or、uh, Japanese people don't know how to use moraya properly. Therefore, I'm going to have to watch extra carefully to make sure they put the right plastic bottle out this week in the recycling.、Yeah. But one thing that I will say in defence of Japanese people who think this way is, as an English speaker, we are exposed to such a diversity of different accents, right? That it's it. It just doesn't shock you if someone starts speaking English and they、uh, speak with an accent that you can't place, right? So you know, very, very commonly, right? You'll speak to someone, and you go, "Oh, they seem a bit Scandinavian," and kind of, but that's that's where the thought stops, right? Yeah, you, you know, you know, continue to pray. Just ha- you know, and and something that I think、uh, people who speak English as a second language don't realize is that even as a British person or an English person, I should say, I don't feel ownership of the English language. That is to say, I genuinely don't feel like I'm an arbiter of what's right because、yeah. I, I speak to an American; they speak it their own way. On Australian, they speak it their own way. And ESL, English as a second language, I think is a language in, in its own right.、Yeah. And I, I think I think it's very common that people who speak people who speak English as a native language are sometimes less able to communicate to people who speak English as a second language than other people who speak English as a second language. Oh right, right. I, I mentioned、so- that. I mentioned that in the video as well. I think a lot of times、yeah. people who are trying to communicate in a language that is a foreign language to both of them, a second language to both of them, like there's a lot more sense of cooperation. There's a lot more sense of understanding. And, and yes, you know- I've never felt more confident speaking Japanese than to my、uh, Korean neighbor when I was staying in dorms for three months. Uh, yeah. When I first started university, they didn't speak a word of English, which obviously means they're stupid.、Uh, and we both had, we both had. Bobby just did an eye roll, but you can't see that. But my point is, I never ever felt more relaxed speaking Japanese than to someone who also speaks Japanese as a second language. And so, in Japanese people's defence, there's not much plurality in how Japanese is, is spoken. Japanese people like to think, "Oh, he sounds like he's from Osaka." You know, there's Hakata Ben or whatever. Yeah. But ge- generally,、well, everyone. I mean, agreed. I, I agree with that, and I also think there's something to be said for the idea that I mean, we we hear a lot of bad takes on Japan from people who don't really speak the language or can't read, and and it's like, okay, there should be a limit on how much you should be able to claim to understand the culture if you don't speak the language. You know, if you don't kind of have any access to firsthand info. Do you really But, think that though? Because I'm just I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but my goodness. It occurred to me that so many of the journalists in, for English-speaking newspapers that are posted、yeah. to roles abroad don't speak that language. I'm not going to say who it is, but I have a friend who is a fairly senior journalist in a, a broadsheet UK paper, and he's just been posted to a country、uh, in the Middle East. He's—I don't think he's ever been there, right? And he's going to be the, like doing frontline reporting, not knowing anything about that country's language, not being able to speak or or being able to understand firsthand sources.、And、yeah, I think that's a think huge of, handicap. That would you accept if a Japanese journalist came to London and was like, "I'm going to do my job, but I don't speak." Just to let you know, guys, 
I don't speak any English, <laughs> right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't allow it. We'd go, you're not qualified to do your job. Yeah, no. I mean, when I was in college and I said I wanted to, uh, to major in, you know, I wanted to do my specialty in uh, a non-English language uh, literature. The first thing that my advisors told me was like, don't do that unless you speak that language. Like, don't major in French literature and, and try to pass yourself off as a French literature expert if you can't read it in its original language. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do I do think there is something to be said. Like, you can't really claim understanding unless you can get access to knowledge firsthand. But at the same time, I think this comment was like, this is somebody who clearly has no experience learning a second language. This is somebody who clearly only speaks Japanese and is going in on, you know, why don't you try to fix your pronunciation? Like it's an easy thing to do. Yeah. And like, it's a possible thing to do for an adult language learner who wasn't raised they'll, in that yeah, language environment. They'll, there'll be listeners that don't know the nature of this comment, but to summarize th this guy commented on one of, of your videos saying, um, I'm finding it hard to relate to you because your Japanese accent's not perfect. Why can't foreigners like you put a bit more effort in? Is that a fair summary? It is. I, it's also a summary of the summary that I did three minutes earlier. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I did it. I did it during during the time where you were thinking of what you wanted to say and waiting yeah. to jump in and interject it. So when I, I listened to a few podcasts, this is the one that I kind of put on in the background. You know, I kind of dip in and out. To be fair, your summary was a better summary than my summary. Thank you. So, so my response was basically just that, like. I don't care. Like I, I get these kind of comments and, and I know that my Japanese is not native. I don't expect it to ever be native. And I'm okay with that because my goal is not to be Japanese. My goal is to live and work in Japan and to get along with people who speak Japanese. And I'm doing that just fine. And I think that the fun thing for me this week was that I put up this video where it's like, I don't care. I know it's not native level. I think it's very good. And I want to share this comment with everybody kind of because I want I want you to understand that you don't have to go for native level ability. And yeah. in Japan, there's such there's this mindset that's like, if you are not perfect in your speech, then you shouldn't try to talk, which that's the reason that you never improve. And so that yeah. was what the video was about. And I posted it and I've got nothing but like a bunch of comments as though I were fishing for reassurances, which is like, it's <laughs> yeah. okay. Don't pay attention to his comment. You don't have to take it seriously. Your Japanese is great. And I'm like, that's yeah, point. I, I know. I'm okay. I'm all right. Although now you know this system works, Bobby. Next time you are feeling low, all you, all you, all you yeah. have to do is post a reaction video to one of your comments. Th this reminds me of my uh, my ex-girlfriend who, who was Japanese. I presume she still is. Probably. Uh, she um, actually might not be. Might be married to a German guy now. Uh, she, she, she was very, very understanding of despite having herself not lived abroad, very understanding of quite how it can feel to be othered, right? And you know, Kate, uh, she, she was always very understanding. But one thing, one kind of linguistic tick that she had was when I would ask her about how to say something in Japanese or the correct phrasing for something, she would say, oh, we say this, right? And yeah. uh, in Japanese, and, and I said, the, the reason why I don't like that, right? It, it, it's not because I disagree that you say that. It's that it creates ownership of the language, right? It, it, it's like the Japanese language belongs to a we that I'm not part of. And so I I, I don't think I ever really persuaded her. Uh, I don't think I articulated my argument very well. But when you're trying to 
help someone who's learning your language uh, on on how to say a certain thing, the right thing to do is to say, well, they are also legitimate users of the language, right? There's no there's no entry test to use a language, right? It's it's not it's not the mm. case that. So maybe maybe my opinion's not strong enough. That's why she never mm. really got on board. Maybe I didn't articulate it properly. But what I wanted to say was, I I don't like you saying we unless you think that me Ollie I'm also included in, in that we. And I know you don't think that. Therefore, that might be divisive language. So on that basis, I never say we. If someone's asking me how do I say this in English, I would say you say, right? Because they're also. They also, you know, it's also their language. That's an interesting point. I I never really thought of that, but but I will say that if someone were asking me a language question and I would say in English we say, it would not strike me as unnatural. I'd never read into that that element of ownership. But I think if I was asking somebody about Japanese and they said "watashitachi wa ko imasu" instead of "nihongo yeah. de wa ko imasu," it would strike me as a little bit unnatural in the Japanese not because of an ownership thing but just because I don't I don't think I've ever heard anybody else say watashitachi wa as a way to lead into explaining how something is said in Japanese okay well I mean she she's she definitely said it a number of times and she's not the only person I've heard it from yeah yeah because I, I think in the whole in English we say it's not like a we that's saying you know Americans who have ownership of no, English it's, it's a, inclusive yeah it's yeah it's a English speakers say yes and then I, I feel like maybe you might have just been a little bit sensitive to the idea of watashitachi as an identifier of Japanese people excluding other people which is yes, not necessarily I like it's not that it's unfair of you to feel that way on your part because Japan is good at creating those in groups and out groups. The the guy that wrote that comment saying your pronunciation wrong, your pronunciation's wrong, is just looking to score points. It he like he is looking to other you and find a way to belittle you. Right? There's no there's no there's no question he doesn't understand he doesn't understand you. Yeah, no, not at all. And the, and there was um a real sense that like communication is not a two-way thing. It's like a we've got we the foreigners have to adjust perfectly and if we don't then it's on us that the communication doesn't go well or that there's some kind of cultural divide yeah well i, I taught um i taught a class for one or two semesters uh, at kyushu university on eu law right and it, it, the class was for japanese students who were about to go abroad and study in european universities and one of the points which i like made to my students again and again was I was teaching some of this course in Japanese, right? And my Japanese is not perfect. I'll be the first to say it. I, I think I've said it a bunch of times. I think that's. How, I think that I, I think I got it out in like the first three minutes of the podcast. That's true. And I said, look, so you guys, you know, jack shit about European law, right? So you guys are willing to put in more effort to understand what I'm saying because what I'm saying is of not only of interest, but like you need it to pass the test. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a point that the person, if the person that's speaking uh, says something that's really interesting, you'll be patient. And, you know, the, the platonic ideal of this rule is Stephen Hawking. Uh, should we talk about the news? Sure. Bobby, there's a lot going on in this world. What is the most important thing that's happened in the last week in Japan? 
Uh, I'm going to go to you for that one because you said you didn't want to talk about coronavirus this week, so you had a different story. Yes. The uh, story goes as following, and thanks to Michaela for posting this story on her Instagram. East Japan man in serious condition after colleague fires air compressor up his backside. Now, now I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, this, yeah, is yeah. The, this is from the Mainichi Shimbun, Japan's national daily since 1922. Mm-hmm. A company employee of Ibaraki Prefecture, northeast of Tokyo, was arrested under suspicion of causing injury to a colleague by blasting an air compressor into his butt. The suspect, a resident of the prefectural city of Kashima, has admitted to the actions. Brilliant. Huh. So the uh, his colleague, who's this 32-year-old guy, um, got injured. Uh, and the article says, an industrial-use air compressor was pressed against his trousers near his backside, then fired. The man then fell to the floor, and then the guy that fired it called the emergency services. Huh. Imagine, imagine if he gets taken down for this. The hostility he's going to get in prison. Right, all these people that have got it for proper, proper serious crimes, and uh, and he has to admit, what are you, what are you in for? Air compressor, mate. <laughs> blasted a dude, blasted a dude in the butt with an air compressor. So a, a lot of the way this is written, like I can't really, like he doesn't describe the injuries. And I think the first time I read through this article that you sent, it was like, was so it's an industrial use air compressor. It was pressed to his trousers. Near his backside, like the the headline yeah. makes it sound like he fired it's, a compressed air into his intestinal tract. Via absolutely, the, absolutely. The but did yeah. he like spray him in the with it and it knocked him down and he was injured from falling over, or does he so have I, his intestines in disarray? I think the Mainichi Shimbun has taken a leaf out of BuzzFeed's book, and yeah. uh, I've fallen guilty to their clickbait because the title very clearly says "up his up backside." His backside. <laughs> I'll repeat. Yeah. Up his backside. Hmm. Uh, But uh, according to the police station, the man fell on the floor after uh, the compressor was pressed against his trousers near his backside. So there is discrepancy. It says he fell to the floor. So like, was he knocked down by the blast of air or was he discombobulated so badly that he collapsed? I I really feel like they should have dug a little bit deeper into this... um, as a poor choice of words, uh, <laughs> I really feel like they should have described in more detail. The, I'll the, tell the, you the the most hilarious uh, word choice in the entire article for me. Can you guess what it is? Uh, the most hilarious word choice. Um, it's in the first paragraph. A company employee in Ibaraki uh, was arrested on suspicion of causing there you injury go. to a- There it is. On suspicion. On su- they suspect <laughs> him. <laughs> they suspect him of having done it. So I think like he's admitted it. It's acknowledged that he's done it. He's put his coworker in the hospital through air compressor ass-related injuries, and they're like, we suspect. This, our, this our guy's top-notch this- detectives. We suspect. Hey, there's a Japanese version. I wonder if the Japanese headline gets it uh, get, gets it wrong. Um, Oshiri ni kuki chunyu. So chunyu means injection. So yeah, so it's it's the the Japanese is vaguer. The reason why this caught my attention was uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Japanese factories. Every month, I would take my cute little tootsie down to Saga and re- and record four episodes where I was yeah. taken to different 
factories uh, and talking about various industrial okay. processes. Hold on real quick, because the Japanese is actually more specific. It says, uh, the English said what, uh, trousers near the backside? Yeah. Near his backside. Um, the, <laughs> the Japanese says, in the neighborhood of his anus. Yes, in the vicinity of his anus. If anyone here, if anyone is listening to this podcast with the hope of learning Japanese, let's make this be the word. Repeat after me. In the vicinity of my anus. This is nothing to be laughing about, though. I mean, like internal intestine. I mean, you can get serious infections. There was a case a handful of years back. You know, it might have been like forever ago. It's just one of those news articles that gets passed around among new generations of people who like reading about weird Japan stuff. But a uh, drunk guy passed out and his friends pranked him by putting an eel headfirst into his butt. And the, oh, eel, man. and the eel bit him inside internally and caused infections because, you know, your intestinal tract is a lot of bacteria that's not supposed to get into your bloodstream. Um, and he died. That's not really a prank, is it? Nope. But the... the- the reason this caught my attention is my, my, my experience of going to these factories is the, the workers in Japan are so, what's the word, infant, in, uh, infantilized? Treated like infantilized? children? Treated like, yeah, yeah. Treated uh, and or maybe this is, as children, yeah. Maybe this is true in factories around the rest of the world, but I can't say I've been to many. But all of like, everything is about procedure. And the thing that really astonishes me is... Uh, that there'll be posters on the wall like encouraging positive almost childlike behavior right like there'd be a massive poster on the entrance going cure more egg owl debt right today also with a big smile or that's not factories though that's japan culture and work culture at large like i mean you see those in like yeah yeah i mean you see those in companies and things like that I, I, and would, it was, I would agree that I think the maturity level it's for somebody who's like 30 in Japan, especially for, for men, is more comparable to somebody who's like 19 or 20 in the West. I, we might have discussed this on the podcast, but uh, I think you share the theory that J- Japanese uh, university is basically like American high school, right? And Japanese yeah, yeah, high yeah. school is basically like uh, American middle school, right? It, it does seem like this kind of... I wouldn't say cognitive development, but kind of social development. Things like your first kiss. I I guess in Japan it might happen later. First yeah. time you bring your girl, girlfriend or boyfriend at home might be a couple of years later. First time you live away from home. It's very common to live at home while you're at university, even for your first couple of years at a job in Japan. That's less common in America, I guess. Yeah. We should definitely touch on, because we haven't brought it up yet, the idea that uh, um, it's actually a Japanese cultural thing for like, men to mess yeah. with each other's butts correct yeah. i was i was waiting waiting for you to bring this up bobby uh, it's a japanese cultural thing for men to mess with each other's butts it is <laughs> i'm glad we said that but it is it, well, there's a word for it right for sticking two fingers uh, up someone's buttocks so so um the word the word that you're thinking of is kancho and kancho is the word for an enema it's actually the word for an enema. So like the medical right. procedure in enema is called a concho. But among you know, juvenile and like elementary school age and anybody who's immature, really, especially among boys, it's a very You're common welcome. thing to clasp your fingers together in this little like 
like both hands making kind of a finger gun kind of pose and then sneak up behind somebody and jam those four fingers and their little configuration into uh, the Colmon uh, hooking, which uh, if you don't remember, <laughs> that means that's our word of the day. That means in the neighborhood of the anus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're uh, going like, they're going for penetration. Going for it. I mean, the goal is penetration. Why do you think, why do you think men are such trash? We'll see any of our other episodes. Can we end this episode with some positive news, please, Bobby? Yeah, let's not just talk about all the butt touching. What's going on? Uh, positive news is uh, this is the first episode that I've managed to record with both of my own fingers. Uh, no, the, the the positive news is... Um, right, well, can I give you some negative news before the positive news? Yeah. The negative news, Bobby, is... There are racists in this world, right? People are super racist. There are. And there are also stupid people. And let me tell you, sometimes some of these stupid people are also racist. And so there's been a, a, a downturn in Chinese restaurant utilization. I'm speaking uh, very well today, aren't I? Yeah, uh, just yeah. like Trump, I've, I've caught myself saying very smart words. And bam! A hack for those who uh, haven't been in Japan very long or are visiting. If you are very hungry and want loads of food at a very cheap price, go to a Chinese restaurant. The portions are always way bigger, mm-hmm. right? And it's uh, they use loads of veggies, right? Which I often find like in a Japanese teishoku, you don't really get many veggies normally, whereas in Chinese restaurants you do. Um, often they'll give you extra rice if you want it anyway. And the staff are always really nice. Uh, I remember in the neighborhood of Hakozaki where I used to live, uh, there were two Chinese restaurants where I think for something like 600 yen, you get like a massive, like I'm talking ridiculous uh, portion of chicken and tofu mixed with a load of greens with fried rice and soup. And then they're throwing like two dumplings on the side. Chinese restaurants are brilliant. However, I go back to my original point, racists exist. And so because of the coronavirus, uh, racists haven't been going to Chinese restaurants. Hmm. Or stupid people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people who are concerned, yeah, because they <clears throat> they associate the uh, virus with Chinese people, and yeah. didn't really occur to them that people who are working in Chinese restaurants in Japan are probably residents of Japan and not in China. Yeah. Um. And so the story is, uh. Someone wrote a, a, a horrible letter and posted it on the wall of this restaurant or the door of this restaurant. I don't have the letter in front of me because I'm not a very good podcaster, but it said something like Chinese people are trash. Huh? Is that, is that, do you, have you seen this? I, I, I think we should call this segment of the podcast. We only read the headline. <laughs> no, I read, I read the, I read the whole damn thing. I mean, uh, I saw, I, I saw the headline. And I was like, okay. oh, oh, bad people. Oh, good people. That was how the arc of the headline went. Oh, okay, bad the, people. Oh. oh. I, I, I'm showing you on your screen now, Bobby. It's, uh, no, I've just, that's that's a picture of my buttocks. Okay, no. regret that. It says, <laughs> it, it says, Chugokujin wa gobida, uh, which means chi- uh, Chinese people mm. are trash. Yes. So, Bobby, what are, the, what are the two words that we've learned in this podcast today? The two words? Well, the two, the phrases two phrases. Okay. Yeah. 
<clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> That's um, all right. This is important. We've learned Komon Fuking and Chugokujin Magomida. For those of you that haven't quite understood what the show is really about, uh, it's our way of teaching the foreign community hate speech. Yeah, um, we're always looking to edit out like a good little soundbite that we can use to advertise. I think we should uh, we should take the two seconds where you say Chinese people are trash, and I go, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the, 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 this uh, he says a load of other words which are written in kanji. So I, I regret to say I will not be translating them for you. Um, but he says sayakuda, uh, they're the worst. Then the last sentence is hayakuni honkara deteke. Uh, hurry up and fuck off out of Japan. Um, so people were sad when they saw this letter, Bobby. They saw that and they thought, well, if I were Chinese, I'd be sad to read that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this neighborhood restaurant has now got to queues around the block um, with people wanting to go and support the restaurant, which I think is a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a, a good human interest story, a little positive news. Uh, I looked at it and I said, oh, man, if you get hateful comments and then publicize them on the internet, people might show up to support you. And so I started making YouTube videos again. Thanks for listening to this episode 25. We've done it. The quarter centenary episode of Japan by River Cruise. We are well into season two. We know exactly when season two is going to end and season three is going to begin, but we will not be sharing that information with you. If you would like to get in touch with us, then by all means, do so using japanbyrivercruise.com. I'm going to say that again because you might not have heard me the first time. Japanbyrivercruise.com. Thank you for listening to our uh, 26th episode. That was our 26th episode. Oh, no! We love you. We're a mess, but we love you.